Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Truck at Cafe. Glad you have a seat. Everybody get something to drink? Now just sit back and enjoy the show. Boy, do we have a lot of news going on this week. So let's get right to it. The Fed finds $7 million worth of drugs in a truckload of rocks. Really? U.S. Customs and Border Patrol says that agents found almost $7 million worth of various illegal drugs in a tractor trailer at the Far International Bridge this week. The drugs were discovered on December 10th at the Far Reynoso International Bridge cargo facility in Far, Texas. Authorities say that they referred a truck that was hauling a load of stone blocks into the U.S. from Mexico for a secondary inspection. Inspectors brought in a canine unit and soon discovered multiple packages of suspected narcotics hidden in the shipment. The Border Patrol says that they seized 35 packages of suspected methamphetamine weighing 320 pounds, seven packages of suspected cocaine weighing 39.55 pounds, and two packages of suspected heroin that weighed 7.32 pounds. Federal authorities described the drug seizure as a substantial one. I would think so. The total street value of these seized drugs, check this out, is estimated at $6,998,000. Once again, our officers' astute awareness and outstanding ability to work in tandem utilizing all available tools and resources resulted in the discovery of these hard narcotics that won't make their way into our communities, said the port director, David Gonzalez. Federal agents seized the tractor and trailer and the incident is still under investigation by the HSI or Homeland Security investigations. Up next, a truck driver husband and wife team were assaulted by security at a Memphis food distribution warehouse. A husband and wife team were recently charged with assault while picking up a high-profile load claimed that they were the victims in the incident and are fighting back in court. On Thursday, December 13th, truck driver Clinton Kirker will he appeared last Thursday I'm sorry in court to fight charges of disorderly conduct and assault related to a September 11th incident 
that took place at the Metro Foods Distribution Center in Olive Branch, Mississippi. I know where that is. The incident began when Clinton Kirker and his wife Shannon arrived at the facility to pick up a load that they assumed was normal was a normal food load. Clinton Kirker said he sensed something was different about the load after security stopped his truck on the way in and ordered the drivers to exit the vehicle. The interaction took a hostile turn when one of the guards asked Clinton Kirker to keep his hands out of his pockets and he reportedly failed to comply. It's a comfort issue for me. We didn't even get halfway through the truck. He, he turned around and said, take your hands out of your pocket, Clinton Kirker said. After several tense minutes, the Kirkers decided that they wanted to leave the property. So he started walking back to the truck. And that's when the guards stepped in front of him and said, you can't leave yet. Kirker said he told the guards that he was leaving and they refused to let him go. That's when a physical altercation between the Kirkers and the security guards took place. And in the photo in the article, you could see they got both of them on the ground, hands behind their back, and four security guards are there. Clinton Kirker said he was shocked after being physically detained by the security guards. He goes, I can't believe I'm being assaulted. He said, I started screaming. I want to call the police. This is unlawful. After the incident, Kirker was arrested and charged. Shannon Kirker did not face any charges after the incident, but was transported to a local hospital. Kirker shared images of himself with cuts and bruises after the altercation. Kirker said he only recently learned that the load he picked up wasn't an ordinary grocery load. It was instead a high-profile pharmaceutical load. It was pharmaceuticals for the CDC. I wouldn't have taken the load had I known that. Metro Foods Inc. provided the following statement about the alleged assault. Security for the facility is provided by an outside security firm. As we all know, they all have that. All trucks are inspected prior to entering, as has been the case for many years. Thousands of trucks have been inspected in a professional and courteous manner, with no altercations. Outside of the above statement, the company does not have any comment on legal proceedings. Nevertheless, Shannon Kirker believes that the guards went too far. It's unlawful what they did to us, she said. Cur Clinton Kirker will appear or has appeared, excuse me, as of airing of the show, has appeared last Thursday, December 13th, to defend against the assault and disorderly, con uh, disorderly charges. In addition, he released uh, the clip of the security footage of the incident, uh, which has gone viral on social media. And there again, when you access the show notes, look for this article, and you would be able, at the bottom of the article, is also the video clip. FMCSA says... No ELDs will be required for livestock hauling until further notice. The FMCSA quietly announced this week that livestock haulers are free to run on paper logs instead of ELDs until further notice. Using an update made to the ELD section of the FMCSA's website, the agency broke the news this week that insect and livestock haulers are officially exempt from ELD regulation. The update reads... Transporters of livestock and insects are not required to have an ELD. The statutory exemption will remain in place until further notice. Drivers do not need to carry any documentation regarding this exemption. Since the ELD mandate went into effect last December, 
The FMCSA has issued several short-term waivers designed to temporarily relieve livestock haulers from ELD regulations. The new regulation, coupled with the temporary waivers, left many in the trucking community confused as to whether they needed to make the switch from paper logs and when they would be required to do so. This week's update is intended to provide livestock haulers and law enforcement officers with definite answers about what is expected of them. For now, as lawmakers could spend months or even years trying to come up with a long-term hours of service and ELD solution. There again, this is temporary but at least definitive for them. In other news, a truck driver survives a tanker explosion that shuts down two interstates. Authorities in North Carolina were forced to shut down two major interstates for hours after a tanker truck crashed and caught fire on December 13th. That was last week Thursday. The crash happened around 7.30 a.m. in Greensboro. Authorities say that the Virginia-based truck driver Carl Wilson Throckmorton II, whose 40, was hauling a tanker loaded with 8,500 gallons of gasoline when he hit a patch of ice on I-73 ramp above I-85. The tanker truck crashed off the right side of the interstate and into a snow embankment and concrete barrier. The truck soon caught fire, sending massive plumes of black smoke up into the sky. Fortunately, the driver was able to make it out of the truck. He was taken to the hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. North Carolina Highway Patrol charged Rock Morton with the driver with exceeding safe speed. The fire burned for nearly two hours before firefighters were able to put it out. I-73 southbound remains closed at that time near the Groomtown Road exit. I-85 northbound is also closed at that location. Transportation officials say they do not have an estimated time for the interstates to reopen. Structural engineers will need to inspect the overpass to determine whether it is safe to drive on before the interstates can reopen. I'm sure it's reopened since Thursday. There again, this happened on the 13th. Feds say that a truck company business was really a meth distribution center. The DEA says that a man was running two businesses out of his truck company, and only one of them was legal. After a year-long investigation into an Albuquerque truck company, federal authorities say that a company owner is facing serious charges related to drug trafficking. Javier Jacquez owner of Jacques Brothers Trucking, I apologize if I'm butchering his name, is facing charges of intent to distribute more than 500 grams of drugs, conspiracy, and possessing a firearm in furtherance of drug traffic. Agents with the DEA have been investigating Jacques Trucking business since June of 2017, so over a year. After the investigation began, undercover DEA agents purchased a total of three pounds of meth from Jacquez during three different drug interactions for a total of $12,000. At one point during the investigation, a confidential informant told agents that Jacquez had 70 pounds of meth on the truck and company property, and that was intended for distribution. Following a year of undercover work, feds learned of a large drug transaction set to take place in an empty lot behind a McDonald's in July of 2018 between Jacquez and a man named Freddy Sanchez. After drug deal was complete, agents closed in. Both men fled but were soon cornered and arrested. 
When DEA agents searched a mobile home on the Jacquois brothers' trucking property, they discovered 10 pounds of meth, a handgun, a semi-automatic rifle, cocaine, and $80,000 in cash. Both Jacquez and Sanchez are in federal prison on charges related to drug trafficking. So apparently they did capture Jacquez and Sanchez. And another truck driver was shot at on Interstate 240 near Memphis. That's getting close to home for me. This is the fourth time in the last three months. Motorist is shot at another one on Interstate Memphis in Tennessee. Truck driver was the latest to be targeted in an apparent road rage incident on I-240, December 5th. The shooting occurred in the morning rush hour traffic on I-240 near Airways Boulevard. The local news says that according to a police report, the truck driver admitted to cutting off a blue Chevy Tahoe. The Tahoe then pulled in front of the truck and brake checked the 18-wheeler, and the SUV driver eventually fired several times. There are no details if any of the shots struck the truck, as the driver called 911 after getting on I-55 and he was leaving the area. A truck driver was sentenced for using spying tools to help students cheat on CDL tests. I promise, y'all, it's not all bad news. I promise. In the next segment, news will be getting better. A New York truck driver was sentenced in federal court last week for his part in a plot to use spying devices to help non-English speakers fraudulently obtain commercial driver's license. On December 6th, Queens-based truck driver, I'm going to really butcher this name, y'all, Aziz Akaroroff was sentenced to time served and issued a $1,000 fine after he pled guilty to charges of conspiracy to unlawfully produce commercial driver's license. The conspiracy took place between 2014 and 2016, according to the court documents. The feds say that Akaroroff's scheme involved recruiting CDL applicants in the state of New York, who were usually of Russian descent and who often didn't know enough English to pass a CDL exam. After recruiting the students in New York, he would then send those students to his partner in Florida, whose name is, there again, I'm going to butcher it, Teraz Chabanov. Chabanov would provide the CDL students with bogus residency documents so that they could take their tests in Florida. Then would provide the students with sophisticated buying quote-unquote devices composed of cell phones, batteries, and wires for them to wear during their CDL tests. Through those devices, the students would receive the correct answers from this Chabanovich, maybe, that's his name, during their exams. So in other words, they would, he would wire the students up with a phone, batteries, and wires. They would go in to take their CDL test. And then he would whisper in their ear, or through the phone or whatever, what the correct answers were for the exam. They paid this Chabanovich as much as $2,600 for helping in obtaining a CDL through fraudulent means. This other guy would be paid $500 per CDL student who was referred to this Chabanovich. Chabanovich also pled guilty to conspiracy charges and was sentenced back in October to time served, two years of probation, and forfeiture of property. But, uh, hello, he's going to do it again. How much sense does that make? He's going to go ahead and do it again. What do you think about that? Please leave 
uh, your comments in the comment section below where a trucker is helping non-English speaking people and students to obtain their CDLs. Unbelievable. It says right in the CDL handbook, if I remember right, that you have to be able to speak English and be able to read and write English in order to get a CDL in this country. In other news, two men were arrested for throwing a rock off an overpass at a semi just for fun. I always hear about this during Halloween, but not before Christmas. Two Tennessee males are facing charges after they allegedly tossed a rock off of an overpass and nearly killed a truck driver. The rock throwing incident took place around 8.30 last week Wednesday, December 12th, in Mount Eagle, Tennessee. Police say that an unidentified female truck driver was going under an I-24 overpass when a rock was heaved at her truck, shattering her windshield and bending her steering wheel. Though she suffered cuts to her head and arms from the broken glass, the truck driver was able to safely maneuver her truck to the next exit ramp. She was treated at the hospital and, and was released. Police say that they were able to make arrest just three hours after the rock throwing incident occurred. After finding two sets of boot prints on the overpass, police went to the home of a juvenile suspect who had previously been involved in a rock-throwing incident. Boots at his home matched the boot prints found at the overpass, but the suspect told officers that another man, 20-year-old Philip Thrasher, was actually responsible for throwing the rock. Of course, he's saving his own ass. Boots found at Thrasher's home also matched boot prints found at the scene. The rasher told police that the juvenile suspect threw the rock. Well, of course, they're going to blame each other. It's a, uh, nothing but a he said, she said. Both Thrasher and the juvenile were arrested and charged with reckless endangerment. But those charges were, could be increased to aggravated assault. Mount Eagle Police Chief Virgil McNeese said that if the rock had been thrown just two seconds later, would have hit the truck driver in the face and would have killed her. So, pumpkin chunking off of bridges throwing shit at trucks, shooting people, aggravated assault people. It's aggravated assault. This week's episode of Julia's Trucker Cafe is brought to you by Julia's Virtual Assistant Service. Have you ever thought of hiring a virtual assistant? Do you even know what a virtual assistant is? Well, may I suggest you contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service to find out how they can help you and your business. Do you have things that you hate doing? Are you an owner-operator and have receipts that you have to turn in to your accountant at the end of the year? Well, you can hand them over to Julia's Virtual Assistant Service and concentrate on things that you enjoy doing. They specialize from basic web design, social media marketing, bookkeeping, to transcription. Julia's Virtual Assistant Service can help you and your business with the things that you hate doing. If there's a task that you have that you have that you just can't stand doing hand it over to them by just a simple email you will get a free free of charge quote on how much that task would cost to get it done and you could go on about your day doing things that you enjoy doing if there's a task that you have to do that you don't see on their website just shoot them an email and under their contact page be more than happy to uh, be able to help you or point you in the right direction to get your task completed Contact Julia's Virtual Assistant Service today by visiting their website at juliasvaservice.com. That's Julia's, V as in Victor, A as in Apple, service.com, juliasvaservice.com for economical rates, 
fast turnaround time? Stop by and contact them today. A truck driver says he was wrongfully stopped and arrested in Georgia. A truck driver says his dash cam video and cell phone footage provides he was wrongfully stopped and arrested after an encounter with two Georgia troopers. Casper Brisbane says that the situation started when he was wrongfully pulled over for following too closely by police in Adele, Georgia. While Brisbane tries to explain that the following too closely situation was actually caused by another semi-truck that entered his lane in order to move over for the police officer parked on the shoulder, tensions between the trucker and police kept increasing until Brisbane found himself in handcuffs. Here's how he describes the situation, and I quote, I was traveling in a semi in Adele, Georgia. Cop pulled me over. I asked the cop what I was pulled over for. He said for following too close. I tried telling him that I was in the middle lane and the other truck came in my lane because the cop was on the side of the road. Then when the truck passed the cop, he got back over. So how could I be following too close when I was in the lane and the other truck entered into my lane? The cop got mad, so I asked to speak to his supervisor a few times. The cop got even more pissed and tried to pull me out of my truck. Then the cop said that I'm getting charged for obstruction. Well, I'm in my truck. After he has my ID and info to give me the ticket, he claimed to be stopping me for. A cop was never concerned about giving me a ticket, but he seemed more concerned about arresting me for obstruction for asking for a supervisor while I'm in my truck. There are three different videos I have due to my hand hitting stop on phone and one time when the cop tried to delete the video but ended up locking up my phone after I'm in handcuffs. I also have the video my company provided me with to support my claim of me not following too close and the truck is getting into my lane so that he won't obstruct the police officer while he's on the side of the road. Brisbane told CDL Life that he believes that the arresting officers attempted to delete the cell phone video that he was recording. Brisbane said that he was ultimately charged with obstruction of justice and spent the night in jail before he was granted bond the next morning. You can see at the desk dash cam footage at the bottom of the article which again will be in the show notes of the driver maneuver that triggered the traffic stop as well as Brisbane's interaction with the police. A 68 year old truck driver was assaulted upon leaving a truck stop. I'm like I'm telling you people this is gonna get better. Trust Texas police are asking for the public's help in locating a motorist who physically assaulted a semi-truck driver during a road rage incident. Now, the vehicle's picture is kind of grainy in the picture, and this happened last week, Thursday. The Harris County Sheriff's Office Violent Crimes Unit put out a call for public assistance in identifying a motorist who assaulted a truck driver during a road rage incident. Oh, this happened, I'm sorry, in, in October of 2018. Um... Police say that the incident happened at 6 p.m. on Saturday, October 6th in eastern Harrison County, Texas. A 68-year-old semi-truck driver was leaving the Love's truck stop parking lot when a motorist driving a late-model black-colored Cadillac Escalade became angry because he was not able to pass as the truck drove onto the westbound frontage road. The truck driver told police that the motorist followed him, blowing his horn numerous times. The motorist then pulled in front of the truck and parked forcing him to come to a stop. I wouldn't have stopped. The trucker told police that the Escalade driver exited his vehicle and began yelling. When the truck driver got out to confront the motorist, the motorist struck the truck driver several times, knocking him to the ground. 
The victim was taken to the hospital for treatment of non-life-threatening injuries. The Harris County Sheriff's Office is asking for help in identifying the motorist. He is described as a Hispanic male in his early to mid-20s, standing 5 feet 8 to 5 9. With a stocky build, he has brown hair and eyes. The Escalade has a Houston Astros and a Houston Titan sticker on the upper passenger side tailgate glass. If you know anything about this motorist or the assault, you're asked to call the Harris County Sheriff's Office Violent Crimes Unit at 713-274-9100. That's Harrison, Harris County Sheriff's Office Violent Crimes Unit at 713-274-9100. A $5,000 reward is being offered for information that leads to his arrest and charging. Werner driver. I told you there's going to be good news, and here it comes. A Werner driver wins Transition Trucking Award and wins a 2018 Kenworth. There was four finalists for the 2018 Transition Trucking Award, which in they stand in front of a Kenworth T680. Werner Enterprises driver and Army veteran Quentin Ward is on the fast track to becoming an owner-operator after being announced as the winner of the Transition Trucking Driving for Excellence Award, which comes with a fully loaded 2018 Kenworth T680. Ward of Westville, Florida was named the winner during a ceremony this morning at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. The award recognizes rookie truck drivers who are U.S. military veterans. It is a partnership between Fastport, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, Foundation's Hiring Our Heroes initiative, and Kenworth. Ward was one of four top finalists up for this year's Transition Trucking Award. Army veteran and current Army reservist Chris Young, a Stevens transport driver, was named the first runner-up. The second runner-up, Spot was a tie between Air Force veteran and U.S. Express driver Sumar Hanks and Mordaunt Platt Brabner, who served in both the Marines and the Navy and drives for TMC Transportation. It's just been a whirlwind. I'm so happy to be your finalist and win the truck and drive the Kenworth and showcase what veterans can do out here because we're out here and we're here to stay, War said. War served, Ward served in the U.S. Army as a tank mechanic. After exiting the military, he chose to become a truck driver so that he could travel throughout the nation that he fought to defend. He had an eventual first year as a truck driver, having been invited to speak at the White House earlier this year and then being named the finalist for the Mike O'Connell Truck Trucking's Top Rookie Award presented by Truckers News. He told Truckers News in August that his career goals include becoming a trainer, becoming an owner-operator, and taking a trucking trip to Alaska. It's always that American dream to go out and work hard and make a future for yourself. I think the industry is not going anywhere, and it's steadily growing, and there's always going to be a need for the transportation industry. Ward said in August, My goal would be to finally get to Alaska for sure, and just grown into an owner-operator. The 2018 Kenworth T680 that Ward won is valued at $155,000. It has a 12-speed automatic pack car transmission, a pack car engine, premium leather seats, interior trim, a dash with touchscreen multimedia display, radar and camera systems for improved safety, 
a fridge, microwave, flat screen television, premium bed, among other features. I like, but anyway, on to other news. State cracks down on chain law violators with increased fines and enforcement. Washington State Transportation Authorities announced that they are amping up chain enforcement on Snoqualmie Pass this winter. The Washington State Department of Transportation issued a warning on Monday, December 10th, to let drivers know that they are teaming up with state troopers to increase chain enforcement on I-90 through Snoqualmie Pass this winter. They say that the reason for the enhanced enforcement effort comes to the down to the fact that drivers who don't chain up often cause crashes that shut down the interstate. Quote, unfortunately, many drivers crossing snowy mountain passes either don't carry chains despite it being required by law or don't put them on. For the past several years, more than half of the closures on I-90 Snoqualmie Pass have been due to vehicles ignoring a chain-up requirement and then getting into collisions and blocking lanes, end quote. Because of the difficulty in getting tow trucks in to remove the crashed vehicles on the Snowy Mountain Pass, transportation officials often have to shut down I-90 when a crash occurs. Quote, not only does it take a long time, but it's a huge inconvenience to the more than 30,000 vehicles that travel across Snoqualmie Pass every day. End quote. They warn that drivers who ignore the chain-up requirements are subject to a fine of up to $500. The warning comes as a winter storm is expected to dump as much as two feet of snow on the mountain pass on Tuesday or Wednesday, and that was last week. Here's a quick reminder on what Washington's traction chain advisories mean. Traction chains advised, oversized loads prohibited from roadways. Traction tires required, all passenger vehicles must have approved traction tires. Chains required on all vehicles with a gross vehicle weight rating greater than 10,000 pounds, including large passenger trucks, SUVs, and RVs. Tire chains required. All vehicles must have approved tire chains except for and all-wheel drive vehicles. Violators face a $500 fine. Chains required on all vehicles during extreme weather. All vehicles must install chains when this is posted, even four-wheel drives and all-wheel drives. There's also a video at the bottom of this article, and there's also a link that you can click on to check the current chain-up requirements on Washington State Mountain Passes. And I can also have this on the in the cafe discussion group. If you are a member, you can also see that as well. There. An Iowa trooper runs for his life from a distracted driver. I'm like, really, people? The Iowa State Patrol recently released dash cam video of a crash that they blame on a truck driver who was distracted by eating or drinking. So now we can't even eat or drink in our truck either. The dash cam video was released last week. The incident hap captured in the video happened on the morning of Monday, October 29th. Okay, that was a month ago, near Monroe, Iowa. An Iowa trooper was directing drivers away from a scene of a previous fatal crash on Highway 163 when reportedly distracted semi-truck driver crossed over the fog line on the right side of the highway and slammed into the trooper's parked cruiser. 
In the dash cam video, you can see the trooper sprinting away from the roadway as the truck barrels toward his vehicle. No injuries were reported. This is from the Ohio State Patrol uh, Facebook post. Quote, an Iowa State trooper was directing traffic outside of his vehicle for after a fatality accident that occurred earlier just a few miles south of his location near on Highway 163 near Monroe. Clearer visibility visibility all emergency lights activated reflective vest was worn still did not get the attention of this distracted driver watch the trooper take off running after noticing the semi on the rumble strips for an extended period of time slow down put the phone down and buckle up the iowa state patrol went on to clarify that the driver's distraction was eating or drinking related and that the end result is the same whether they were texting reaching for something, dealing with passengers, etc. Dogs, cats, critters. The driver's attention was not where it should have been, which was what led to the primary cause of this crash. And you can check out the video in the show notes. And this month's highway angel is Adam, who's a truck driver that created a Christmas miracle for two injured beagles. A semi-truck driver recently helped save the life of two dogs who were tossed from a moving vehicle onto the interstate. This incident happened around 9.30 in the morning last week, Wednesday, December 12th, near Whitney Point, New York. A truck driver identified as Adam told New York State Police he was following a dark blue Dodge Durango southbound on I-81 when he says that he saw two beagles thrown from the vehicle onto the interstate. The New York State Police say that Adam pulled over to the left shoulder of the interstate, rescued the two injured animals from the roadway, and one of the dogs was severely injured, so Adam wrapped the animal up in a sweatshirt and called police. New York troopers administered first aid to the animals on the scene and then rushed them to the veterinary emergency office for treatment. Adam seemed to be very angry that somebody could do such a despicable act to the dogs, said the state patrol. The two dogs were taken in by the Broome County Humane Society. The severely injured dog, who they renamed Trooper, suffered two broken legs and broken ribs. One of his legs was so damaged that it had to be amputated. The other dog, renamed Adam, for the truck driver who saved him, suffered from road rash and is expected to recover. The Broome County Humane Society took to Facebook to thank Adam for his actions. Thank you to Adam who witnessed this event and stopped to go to the aid of these sweet dogs. Broome County Humane Society Director Karen Matson says that Adam has offered to take in the two injured animals when they recover. What's very endearing about this is that the gentleman who saved him on the highway is very interested in making his home the forever home for these dogs. New York State Police are searching for the suspect who threw the dogs out, but they don't have any license plate information. However, they hope that they'll be able to use Adam's dash cam footage to identify the subject. So if you were traveling south down I-81 in New York and witnessed a blue Dodge Durango throw these two beagles out onto the interstate, 
please call the New York State Police. In other news, police are puzzled when they find a rig stuck in the sand at the beach. They say we don't know why he drove onto the beach. He could have been lost and looking to turn around. They just don't know. New York police were left with more questions than answers after a truck driver drove onto a beach and then abandoned his vehicle over the weekend. And this was not this weekend, the weekend before. Authorities in Riverhead, New York say that sometime on Saturday night, a truck towing an SUV on a trailer drove off of a ramp and onto a breach near Edwards Avenue. By the time that the truck was spotted and reported on Sunday morning, the truck driver was nowhere to be found. Neither was the SUV. Police say that the truck driver had taken it off the trailer and driven it away from the beach. Police later caught up with that same driver, who was identified as 43-year-old Joseph Toscano, when they pulled over the SUV. Toscano was suffering from a head injury, though it wasn't clear what happened to him, and he was taken to the hospital for treatment. Riverhead Police Chief David Higermiller says that it wasn't clear what Toscano was doing that he left him in, stuck in the sand. We don't know why he drove onto the beach. He could have been lost and looking to turn around, but we don't know. But Toscano was charged for driving a truck on the beach. Come on, NYPD. Really? The guy suffered a head injury, he could have a concussion, and you're still going to charge him for driving on the beach? Come on. And finally, truckers line up under an overpass to protect a woman who, who threatening to jump. This week, a group of truck drivers, that, of course this happened last week, came together to help a woman who was threatening to leap off of an overpass onto a busy freeway below. The incident began around 3 p.m. on Thursday, December 13th in Paris, California, when a woman standing at the Harley Knox Boulevard overpass climbed over a safety fence and was threatening to leap down onto the 215 freeway. When the California Highway Patrol and Riverside County Sheriff's officers arrived at the scene, they were told that the airbag that they usually use in these kinds of situations was unavailable. So they decided to use a technique recently deployed by authorities in Michigan and Florida. California Highway Patrol arranged for at least eight semi-trucks to line up under the overpass to decrease the length of the woman's fall if she jumped. After about two hours, authorities were able to pull the woman off of the bridge to safety. Thanks in part to the truck drivers, no one was hurt during the incident. The 215 freeway was shut down for about two hours, causing mile-long traffic backups. But still, guys, thank you so much. And there was five each way. So they blocked the interstate both directions right underneath the bridge, came to a stop, and I could see a Walmart truck in there. I could see a Stevens, looks like a Stevens transport truck in there. Uh, according to the picture, so th whoever was involved in that last week, Thursday, on December 13th, kudos to you, hats off to you for helping the highway patrol, stopping and saving a woman's life. Now, starting this week, I'm going to be addressing a question or two that I've come across in the groups that I'm associated with here on the internet or in my discussions with my trucking friends. So, 
This week's question is going to be about chaining the tires on your truck when you're out west in California, Colorado, Oregon, or Washington. I personally, and I know a lot of other drivers out here, that will not chain. When the weather gets that bad that you have to chain, we all agree that it's time to park it. It's time to pull it over. Now, I do know drivers, too, that also pull containers. I uh, have a husband and wife team that um, he chains. I also ran into a, believe she was a Crete driver. She taught another driver how to chain. I wish I should have took lessons from her um, about chaining because I've watched like a video once about chaining uh, chaining up your tires and stuff. I've heard of different tips and tricks about chaining your tires and, and how um, somebody, I think, backed up the trailer onto like a 4x4 four four if he had a flatbed to get the tires off the ground or something or the back tires or something. I think you do it on the... I don't even know. I'm just extremely guessing. So if you have a good... Um, you've chained a lot and you know the drill about chaining um and if it isn't too long um to comment please comment in the comments below if you have some uh, tips and tricks about chaining your truck tires i don't even know how many chains are you supposed to carry does it um go by state to state basis you know i really really don't even know um i think i have two sets of doubles for the back drives of my truck i don't know how many i'm supposed to carry for the trailer i really i don't really know anything about it so if you have any tips or tricks on chaining your tires i would greatly appreciate learning how uh just for my future knowledge even though i've been out here you know as long as i have and um anybody that has any suggestions or knows different websites or anything that has good videos for chaining uh, on chaining your tires please go ahead and feel free to comment feel free to share the link in our discussion uh at julia's truck and cafe regulars please join the group also you can uh leave me a link at julia's truck and cafe on facebook or in the comments section below this post on the website I greatly, greatly appreciate any input that I could possibly get on chaining your tires. So the question is, do you chain or don't you chain? That is the question for this week. I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week to listen to me blabber on the cafe. If you are new to the cafe, that was a joke, guys. And you would like to check us out at the bottom of every podcast episode on the website at juliastruckingcafe.com. There are links that I have listed where you can all find me, like iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, and many more. Please stop by if you're on Facebook. Give us a like on Facebook. And don't forget, like I said, to join our discussion group at Julia's Trucking Cafe Regulars. On the website, I share recipes, videos, and much more. I would sincerely ask you to please subscribe to our email list. I will send you the show notes right to your inbox. This way you don't have to come back to the website, which I'm glad that you do, but try to hunt around to find the show notes page and find which episode it was. You could just automatically get them in your in inbox in your email. 
in the future, I'm going to have new things coming out. Like now, I had, you know, addressing a question or two. I'll also put that in the email. If you are on the email list, you'll have a priority in getting those new things that are in the works. Please, before I forget, please leave a comment at the bottom of any episode that you listen to. I read each and every one, and I always enjoy constructive criticism on what can make the show better. Also, if you have an idea for an upcoming show, please feel free to email me. My email is on the contact page at the website. So I hope everybody stays safe out there. And I know the weather has been pretty crappy. Please stay warm and dry. Um, Now is a good time to have your extra supplies and everything in. Please stay safe out there. And until next week, keep the shiny side up. (laughs) 